The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affect all of us in and out of the ACB community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona. I wanted to um, thank everybody who participated in our listening session. Um, we had close to 40 people at one point on the Zoom. I have no idea how many people that we had listening to ECB Media, um, but I got a bunch of emails. So we reran it again right before this show on ACB Media 2. A little later on, Cy will be telling you where else you can find um, links to view this, both with video and audio description. And I wanted to announce um, again that Monday, BPI, which is Blind Pride International, and the Multicultural Affairs Committee is holding another listening slash discussion session called Are You in the Fray? Dr. Marilyn Robinson, who is an Episcopal pastor um, and an activist who walked alongside Martin Luther King Jr., um, recounts some of her memories of the activism she did with him and recounts some of the lessons that she personally has learned and, and lessons that we can all learn from Dr. King's most important messages. So please join us Monday night at 9 p.m., both here on ACB Media, only it'll be on Media Stream 5, but also you can use the Sunday edition link to join the conversation and um you can tell us how you are in the fray so without further ado i'd like to say hello first to cy dodson who brought us this amazing amazing short documentary cy welcome to sunday edition hey how you doing i'm doing good i'm doing very good how um how does it feel that the that the documentary has gotten so much accolades um you know um when i when I made this film, I, I wasn't, um, it wasn't really, uh, my goal to win awards and, you know, get accolades with this project. It was mainly just, uh, you know, I was just telling the story in my community and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, put together something that, you know, wasn't, wasn't shown, was, wasn't seen, you know, during the unrest and, you know, just showing uh, my community as it sort of came together to, um, you know, create some sort of change so um you know it's it's great to get it out there and have people see it um but um you know it's it's just been a little little weird with the uh festival circuit now and everything you know everything's virtual so uh, it's um it's uh i didn't really put the effort into festivals maybe like i normally would for for those two reasons um you know I, one of the things that, that struck me the first time that I listened to it, and, you know, and then again, listening to comments that people had made once we, we aired it last night, and thank you, thank you so much for giving us permission to air it for our members. Um, but one of the things that struck me was that it doesn't, it doesn't set out to point, you know, point you over the head with a point. There's definitely points that are made 
Um, but it, it, it's not narrated in a way. It's not, there's not a pundit talking. It's just sn- snippets of what actually happened, narrate, you know, married together to form a narrative. So can you tell me a little bit about the process that, you know, that you went in, that you were using when you went into putting this together? Uh, you know, I, when I first started shooting this, I mean, it was just a day by day thing. And like, you know, the first day, you know, it was just kind of a protest. And then the second day got a little more amped up. And, you know, um, I think that that second night is when, you know, the fire started and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, I didn't really know what I was going to do with what I had at the time. Um, I mean, my goal basically was to walk out my door and let people say what they're feeling and without, you know, having any sort of agenda. I mean, it was emotional for me that it was my community that was, you know, being burned. And then, you know, a couple miles, you know, just uh, on my, on the street that I live on is where you know, George Floyd was murdered. So it was, um, you know, it's, it was just a lot to take in all at once. And, and I didn't really have any sort of like goal in mind for the footage I had. I just felt like I should be out there and, you know, capturing what was going on. You let the folks speak for themselves. And that that's, you know, amazing. It's great. Um, one of the things that was remarked that I definitely thought about when I was, when I was screening it was we didn't see the resilience. We didn't see how many people came together to help clean up, to help support. We didn't see, you know, how many different variations of life there were black, white, Asian, you know, man, woman, child, uh, in fact, that opening that opening scene with with the mother and and her daughter is is so powerful. Um, so just in that in that space alone, thank you for so much for for giving us that these other perspectives that the media really just didn't want to or or have the need to show us. Yeah, I mean, I felt like that when I went back home, you know, after being out during the day and just seeing what was on TV and. I don't know. It was just, it was almost like a circus, you know, once all the mass media showed up and they had like, you know, where the scene was, there was tents set up, all the different news outlets had their tents and they were sitting around eating, you know, fast food and joking and laughing. And it just was like, this isn't, this isn't what the story is, you know? And, and, and I mean, they're just there to do a job and on to the next thing. So um, I just kind of wanted to show what was, actually happening in the community I live in. So I'm going to switch gears for a moment. Um, you know, we all listened to, and some of us that have um, low vision, high partial, got to see the video, but we listened last night and, and we had the, the amazing voice talent of Thomas Reed giving us uh, the audio description. Had you heard of audio description before this project? I I mean I knew what it was, but I hadn't used it for any for any of my projects. Um, Stephen Letton, this uh, composer on the project, um, brought this to my attention. Um, who's an advocate um, in this world, and and he's really enlightened me on a lot of things that I didn't know about visually impaired people. So um, it was um, you know I was happy to kind of bring bring it to where it should be or needs to be and, and try to, you know, open up some doors to, um, you know, let people know that this, this does um, exist and it should be part of um, post-production. 
when you when you listened and watched the final product with the audio description, did it change anything for you about how you you view the finished product? You know, I I turned it up and just kind of listened to it without watching. And um, Thomas's voice was just spot on. Like when he first started, when I first heard it, it was, it was kind of like took me back a little bit because it, it's almost like an it's almost like a character in itself with the narration and the you know what's written and that and um so it's um you know his voice was perfect for that for doing this story Sai, are you able to stay with us for the entire show or do you want me to ask folks if they have questions for you now um i guess either way is fine all right awesome i just wanted to be respectful of your time folks we had a little bit of technical difficulties right before we got on air um i believe that steven is here too steven welcome to sunday edition Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Hello, hello. So tell us, um, tell us when you first got involved with this project, um, what were your thoughts and, and then lead into, you know, advocating for audio description for it? Well, like Cy, uh, I live in Minneapolis and I, I live downtown. And, you know, Cy, Cy and I live about, I don't know, two miles apart. Well, I'm on first, he's on 38th. So whatever that that is. And, and so um, when all this was happening, I mean, this is our community and, and we're watching somebody get murdered and then we're watching people and, and I, I'm a composer, so I'm not in production. So, um, one, one of the, uh, ways that I was experiencing, uh, everything going on was Cy, you and I would get on the phone every night and, you know, we would talk about, you know, what you saw and, um, and what you recorded. And, and I mean, folks, Cy went out every night, every day, hours and hours and hours. Like he went to bed, he got up and he hoofed it, carrying like a 25 pound camera for, for weeks. Um, and, you know, Cy and I, we got to talk uh, a lot about it. And uh, Cy, Cy and I, Cy and I, <laughs> uh, he, we've worked on several projects together before. Um, and this was an important story to tell, and he's right, you know, about promoting it, the, the challenge, how do you promote when you're, when you're producing a film, how do you promote a film that is, that has the messaging like it does? It almost seems wrong. Um, no. and that, and that hopefully a film like this will go where it needs to, uh, and goes where it should, but how the heck do you... <laughs> And so, so it was kind of hard in that way. And so we went into this. I went into this writing music for it just with the idea that how do I support, support what Psy is revealing to the world as best I can? Because my role as a composer is to hopefully, especially during a documentary, write music underneath that everybody forgets about. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, um, and, and then I, I guess I'm, I don't want to go too far off. But uh, and the reason why I talked about audio description is because I have retinopathy. I have I've had doctors tell me I have macular degeneration or retinitis pigmentosa. And now the latest one is retinal dystrophy. So not even the doctors know um, what, what my retinas are up to. And um, so I'm not sure what's going to happen. And so uh, I became aware of audio description only a few years ago. Uh, and that is in partially uh, due to uh, my friend Roy Samuelson um, and our advocacy. And so because I'm a user of audio description, um, and as I advocate for it throughout the industry, 
you know, especially in independent media, it can be quite a challenge um, to, to provide audio description and, and to provide quality audio description at that. Um, and so I got to speak with Cy and say, hey, I think this is a film that's really important. Um, let's, let's put it in it. Let's get a great crew. I know who to talk to uh, to bring this to a wider audience that ha- who deserves and has a right to experience media in parody with sighted audiences. Um, and Cy was totally on board. He's like, I've never done it, but hey, yeah, let's go for it. Let's, uh, let's, let's share it with as many people as we can. Um, we held a listening session last night and some of the comments, some of the most powerful comments um, came with, with raw emotions and tears as well. Um, but a lot of people commented on the fact that even media gave us a picture through listening to pundits talk, listening to reporters on the ground, but this gave us a completely in the moment picture of understanding. And that was all due to the voiceover. Without that, we never would have, we never would have understood as deeply. And and that I felt that that moved me hearing others say that. Um, so good, amazing quality work. And thank you, thank you again for allowing ACB to experience it this way. I want to ask Byron to join in on the conversation for a moment. I'm going to put a pin on audio description for a moment and go back to Minneapolis itself. Byron's not far from the epicenter as well. So having three folks from the area on the call, um, I want to ask you guys, what scars still remain and what do you see in as pieces of hope in, in the neighborhood now? Sure. Um, you know, I would say that one of the lasting effects um, after everything happened was just the, um, the remaining, um, the remaining um, issues with the police and uh, racial po- profiling that still happen to this day um and and also the neighborhoods just seem like you know people are are still angry and still um you know expressing their their unhappiness with the way things are going um you know it's just a, a different city today than it was you know just a few years ago you can still see the the effects of what happened and um with good reason do you see hope? I do sometimes. Um, you know, the community has certainly come together in a lot of ways. Um, you know, starting programs uh, to help people, um, more protests, and uh, just just more community, like a, a more of a community feeling seems to be here now. I experienced that twice in New York, um, once for 9-11 and once for Hurricane Sandy. Um, I can tell you, you know, the ravages of, of both of those events, you can still see, see and feel and smell today in pockets of New York. So I can imagine. I also can imagine that the verdict as as we celebrate justice was done, the verdict really doesn't put a chapter end to to what happened and the feelings that happened. And, and all three of you, if you'd like to speak on that, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, when when I um, as I put the uh, verdict documentary, that was you know a y- year after I came between the verdict and when when it uh, when it actually happened. But it was I kind of was hesitant a little bit on putting it in because um, it just seems like there's really no bow to put. And um, 
you know, that showing the verdict, it was, it was almost like it ended, you know, but it, there's really no end. To it. So, um, I mean, I think it was good to show people coming together to like celebrate a victory in some regards, but at the same time, I think, um, a lot of people were ready to put it to bed and just be done with it. So, um, and I still think that's going on too. That's just from what I'm seeing. And I mean, I actually uh, just moved out of that neighborhood, um, which was kind of a long time coming anyway, but um, things happened where I was able to make that change, but um, I still have to go back and shovel and take care of it as I'm trying to sell the house. It's still, it's like driving back through there, you know, there's buildings aren't standing anymore and, you know, it's it's uh, it's just a reminder of everything that took place. Yeah, I, like a lot of the a lot of the buildings and businesses that used to be here are are gone and they're <clears throat> and they're not coming back. Um, you know, a couple of like a year ago, I went to go buy a new pair of AirPods and the Apple Store was gone and and that's not coming back anytime soon. Um, you know, the the businesses that are gone the graffiti that's still here um you know some of the uh, businesses that are boarded up it's an everyday reminder of what happened yeah and one of the one of the things that that thomas reed uh narrated that i really liked was uh everybody saw the ending of what the mural uh that yeah. that, that people have shared Sai is the only one who actually showed people making it um and that was what was moving to me and then you've got thomas's on on it um but 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 back to your actual question minneapolis is still afraid about it the afraid f-r-a-y-e-d and uh you know our our city council you know we didn't really have a plan uh they, they voted down abolishing the police but the city council didn't have a plan to change it and so there's still divisiveness in the city but Everybody knows something needs to be done. I mean, we just had a cop, you know, you know, get, you know, uh, uh, get like what twenty years, like uh, former officer Potter, for accident, yeah. accidentally uh, shooting a kid uh, in in his car, and so that stuff still exists here, and we all know it, and it's uh, it's so shameful. But th there's so much work to be done. And Sai, you're right with your film. You're right. How you can't put a bow on something like this. What's what's the next story that we need to share? so that things can be moved forward. And, and, and I, folks, I can tell you, I agonized about a lot of these decisions for a long time. It's tough to be a producer, being an independent filmmaker and documentarian to how to balance voices so that we can come to our own darn conclusions and we can observe and we can hear the men and women on the street, uh, their thoughts, their feelings without, without pundits' opinions being imposed on us. We can experience that for ourselves. And Cy does an amazing job on that. But you're right. The story doesn't end. The story will not end. And Minnesota, Minneapolis uh, has a, have, a, have a long way to go. But we have a community that wants to get there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the three of you this, but I'll start with Cy. What would you tell the rest of the country, all of us listening today, about Minneapolis now? What does is, what is your city mean to you today? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, I don't know. It was something I met so many people because of it. All my neighbors, you know, we kind of gathered out when it was going on and protecting certain businesses that were still standing close to my house. Uh, you know, it's uh, 
it was in, it was just all community based action. There was no police telling us to do this. I mean, there was some national guard here and there, but they weren't really protecting anything. <laughs> you know, I think they were just there to to uh, show some you know uh, stance of some sort, but you know they did nothing. So um, it was really like community coming together to to you know protect what we still have and still you know try to bring awareness to the situation because you know there was a camera there this time but there's been you know obviously many that didn't have a cell phone recording the scene so um, you know yeah. we just happened to see it for ourselves and the world saw it so it's definitely um it was a it was a strange strange um, couple couple months to be in that in that um sort of living in that area and, and ingesting byron you know that's that's a hard question um because um <laughs> you know i think a lot of us are um trying to move forward um and 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 make positive changes but so many people don't want to talk about this they don't want to think about it they they just want to leave it in the past and and for them it was an ugly blight on um minneapolis <clears throat> and they only see the negative um i see the the strengthening of our community um i see the heightened awareness of of something that has needed to be addressed for a long time and it's finally getting addressed but I also see like lack of progress and people sticking their head in the sand and people being too uncomfortable to approach this subject. So um, I think our community is divided right now. Um, but I also think that a lot of people have rise to the occasion and are trying to do something about it. Stephen? Oh, I, I think my, my previous answer, you know, says a lot. Yeah, there, there's a lot of division, but there's, there's momentum. There is propulsion. Um, but I don't think anybody has an answer. <laughs> uh, we're also, you know, fighting for it or struggling. And, and, and to be honest, I might be a little biased here, but a little, uh, Scandinavian Norwegian Lutheran guilt about, uh, you know, picking your head up out of the sand. Maybe that has something to do with it. People just want to shut their eyes and then go back to, you know, you know, our, you know, our clam, well, not clam bakes. We don't have clam bakes here. What do we have here? <laughs> In Minnesota, like back to our sausages and, and, and cooked goods sometimes, you know, and, and so, yeah, but we need to push against that. But I think honestly, that could be anywhere, right? Everywhere there are people yeah. that want to put their heads in the sand. Um, the thing that that I like about Minnesota is that we're going to take the time to figure out what the heck is going to happen. And we do like to get uncomfortable a little bit of, of how to, to solve some stuff, but we're not going to get noticed for it. We're just going to do our job. And I think more and more people are getting to work and doing their job. So that change over time will happen. It's not just a, a shock for the moment, but it is a uh, propulsion towards progress for uh for a long distant into the long distant future you know the the apples and the targets and and you know the big box retailers um they're they're all going to be fine um but plenty of, of business businesses and homes and buildings um aren't so do you guys want to share a memory of something that that is not going to be here after all of this that isn't going to be able to come back I'll just step in real quick and say, I live downtown and I use the skyways a lot. There are a lot of shops that are, I mean, it's due to partly to the pandemic, um, but also, um, you know, with, with what happened here, the, you know, the tragedies that happened here. 
um, a lot of stuff is closed and, uh, but, uh, my routes are, are pretty limited. And so, um, I count on my friends like, like Cy and friends out there who live throughout the city to, to share, uh, what they've noticed. Uh, so I can experience more of the city, but I'm going to, so I'm going to put you on the spot, Cy. What, uh, what have you noticed? Um, you know, I followed up, uh, with, um, there was an Indian restaurant, right? Um, well, there was a big community that was, there was a, a Native American youth organization. There was, I mean, that was in the documentary, but um, there's um, Gandhi Mahal, which was an Indian restaurant, which is like pillar of the community there, just in that section. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't really know them that well. I'd been to the restaurant a couple of times, but the uh, the owner was really stood stood for change and um and um he's been sort of a voice for the businesses that were destroyed and you know he uh opened up a a uh a little uh calls a curry in a hurry just take out um a couple miles across town but his vision is to come back and rebuild that area and make it more of a community gathering than it was before and um there's a there's an organization, the Longfellow. Um, the Longfellow was kind of the, they called it the Longfellow city or town, that little block that really took the blunt of everything. But they are, you know, they have goals and plans in mind to, you know, create create a space that's safe, um, you know, really just focusing on being able to unite people um, in that space. But, you know, this, it's, a, it's a long ways to go. And they're talking three, two, three years and, you know, before anything happens. So we'll have to see what, what uh, transforms there. Byron, anything comes to mind for you? Um, I could tell you what I hope doesn't come back. I, I, I hope that, you know, the ignorance and, and racism um, are a thing of the past. I, I hope that this is a wake-up call for uh, Minneapolis and, you know, this, the country and the rest of the world. Um, so that's something that I don't want to see come back. Um, the businesses that we lost were certainly a, a big loss to the community. Um, but the, the loss of the businesses was sort of, uh, collateral damage for the larger, um, you know, for the larger mission of, of making people aware of, it's like we almost kind of needed uh, this huge event to happen for the world as a collective to wake up and see this and, and see, you know, all of the injustice that's happening. There are businesses that are not coming back because the families that put all of their money into them, that it was their, their dream, their realization finally, you know, being realized. And it's, it's a real thing. Um, and they can't do it again. They don't have the money to do it again. Um, I don't know if it's coming back, but there was a business that, that it was like a sci-fi and mystery um, bookstore. And it was a locally, it was a Uncle Hubert. And I forgot what the other half of it was called, the mystery half. But um, the, the uh, or Uncle Hugo, um, the sci-fi and mystery shop, I don't think that's coming back. That was a lot of books that burned up um, that are irreplaceable. So it's it's sad to see that happen, but you know, at the same time, I think um, mourning businesses and not thinking about um, the greater, you know, the greater message that we've all kind of received because of this is, you know, not great. 
Sai, have you heard anything from the Floyd family or or anyone around the 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 um the uh, you know defense attorney? Have you heard anyone from from that side of things? No, I never. They were around, um, you know, during the trial, and they just had a caravan of media following them around. Um, and you know, I I don't know if they ever saw this film or what they might think of it. You know, there was so much that was kind of put out there at this, you know, yeah. that wasn't necessarily in documentary form, but you know, like, I don't know if, if, um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard from like that. It's, um, I mean, it did, um, I, I got a notice from uh, the PBS station. We had cut our audio transcription after I had already sent everything to pbs and it was a longer version they wanted like a 30 minute version and by the time we were already doing our audio description they already had everything in house and and um it was already being sent out to pbs station so it was it would have been pretty difficult to um jump on that and do audio descriptions yeah. for that but it did end up um airing in 40 some markets across the country and um you know I don't know what people think of it. You know, like it's kind of weird when when it's just on broadcast and you're not really. I mean, we had a couple in-person screenings with festivals, but it's really been kind of it's just you know it's just out there, and so I haven't really haven't gotten a um, whole lot of feedback. You know, with people outside of you know our our meetings and Zoom calls and that sort of thing. Well, stick around. We've got some folks that definitely want to tell you what they think of it. Um, I'm going to transition a little bit. I'm going to invite. Roy, Thomas, and Nefertiti into the conversation. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the audio description of it all before we open up the lines for our members to comment. Welcome back, Roy. Welcome for the first time to Sunday edition, Nefertiti. And um, tell us how you're doing today, first and foremost. Oh, I'm sorry, and Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. <laughs> hey, Anthony, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. You were you listened to um, the documentary again last night, and then uh, some of the listening sessions. So, did anything from last night move you? Uh, one of the things that really struck me is the confirmation of what audio description brings when it comes to access. The things that kept coming up in the in the comments were the connection that was made, and I think uh, Sai, Stephen, and and Byron have each addressed that connection from their experience on the ground of their experience what's happened and we wanted to make sure on the audio description side that that was done with the respect and consideration and quality and excellence that that Sai had brought to the material Sai didn't just turn on a camera and call it a day he invested you heard the work that he's put into it and the work that steven's done with the uh uh with the composing uh the goal of the audio description team uh was to bring the best into it and understand the value of audio description. And that community came together on the, uh, the creation of it. So I'd love to hear from Nefertiti and, and Thomas on, on their contribution there, because it's, it's an exceptional work. And I think hearing those comments from last night, to answer your question, you know, hearing it's so well done, it's refreshing to know what people did to rebuild the community. These were the kinds of access that our audio description audiences were able to have access to because of the professional work that the entire team brought in. 
So let's bring Nefertiti up. Nefertiti, you wrote the you wrote the audio description. How did you hear about the project? What did you first think? And now that the project is done, what does it mean to you? Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am the writer of the audio description for this film. And as I've said in previous gatherings like this one, it's anytime I I watch this film and hear Thomas narrating the visual elements. It gives me full body chills. I wrote those words that you hear Thomas say, but something about his voice, which I thought from day one would be the perfect choice with size vision, you know, uh, Stephen's music and everything else that goes into this, just knowing, right? We as blind people, I myself am blind. We as blind people have been of this world where this George Floyd murder happened. But I don't know about any other blind people who have quite had the same level of access that this audio, uh, the audio description lends to this documentary, right? We hear the news reports, we, we read the uh, internet articles, et cetera. But having a voice put to the visual elements of something so powerful, such as this documentary, lends a level of access that I, I don't think exists anywhere else in relationship to this monumental event absolutely yeah so it's been a great honor for me um i learned about it through roy i continue to call him our fearless project leader unencumbered project leader because he (laughs) assembled he assembled an all-blind team of professionals so there's me the writer um steven who you already know about as the composer thomas is blind Byron Lee and Serena Gilbert, our um, QC specialist, who I don't think is here today. Miss you, Serena, if you hear this. Um, we are all blind. We made this happen. <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful example of modeling what can be done in a medium that was made for blind people by blind people. Um, so, yeah, I hope that answers your question. It does. And I have a follow-up question. I love to ride the elephant in the room. It, it being such a visual piece, were you ever daunted by the writing task? Am I, am I going to be able to give everything that this piece is showing a voice? What was that like for you? Yeah. So when Roy first presented this to me, full disclosure, I felt a bit underqualified, not just because I myself am blind, but because it was so, it was so powerful. Um, I felt like all of the the emotions, um, but I did some soul searching and through his encouragement, Roy's encouragement, like if someone of Roy's caliber thinks that I'm up to this task, then there's something to that. And I sunk my teeth in and I basically said, all right, let's do it. And so I brought in the power of um, technology, community, and stick-to-itiveness is how I was able to get this done. Um, technology, visual interpreter applications, such as Ira. And please, please know for any blind people who are listening and aspire to be writers and such, this does take a great level of skill. And not every project um, leader or manager or what have you is going to be okay with everything that that uh, we as blind people may need to put into this space to make it happen. Um, I'd be happy to talk to anybody about that offline. 
um, maybe at the end we can give our contact information because I would like to see more blind writers in this space. Um, But along with technology, there's community and there's also that stick-to-itiveness, seeking out opportunities and saying, yes, I'm blind, but I can also write. And who better than me as somebody who lives this every day to know what's important to people like me? Um, who is, it's not just a job of putting one word after the other, after the other, right? I think I've said previously, just because you can write doesn't make you a good writer, a good audio description writer, to be more exact. It takes a lot of skill and it takes a lot of um, cultivating and knowing your audience. So yeah, um, and stick just continuing to to put myself out there and and promote other people's work and the like and letting it be known that blind people are in this space and we want to and can perform comparably to sighted audiences and the like or not excuse me not audiences but sighted writers in particular um so that's what that's what allowed me to do it Roy's belief in me my belief in myself and implementing the 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 tools at my disposal coupled with my skill as a writer. And it really, I've gone on to write a couple more things. In fact, I'm, I'm writing an, uh, a, an audio description script for a documentary right now. And it's beautiful, but I think that this particular project is something that will stick for me for a very, very long time to come. And this is, this is a career switch for you as well. Um, you've, you've been in the blindness field, helping, helping folks, myself included when I first came to blindness, um, for, for a long time. So is it scary to, to throw your, you know, your dice in this bowl now? Thank you for the question. (laughs) Actually. Yeah. A little bit, um, for a long time now, um, seven years to be exact, I was a technology access technology educator for the New York public library. I'm, I live in New York city and it was, a wonderful job. And I met tons of people and like to believe that I helped quite a number of people better their lives through technology. Thank you. (laughs) Um, You know, to, to make their lives more equal to that of sighted audiences. I do believe that technology is one of the great equalizers. And if, if we, we use it for the good, it um, can be utterly life-changing. And it was a great privilege for me to be part of that. But I was getting a little burnt out. The pandemic happened. A lot of things changed. And I decided that I wanted to pursue more of my artsy side. I've always wanted to, but it's just, you know, you hear about the musician, you know, the the, the starving musician or the starving actor and all that stuff. And I, I kind of bought into that a little bit and was really secure in the whole nine to five thing. Well, now <laughs> I can do the nine to five thing and also pursue my particular love of audio description specifically and my interest in voiceover work in general. I'm the partnership development coordinator for Dicapta. They are a provider of description and captioning and language dubbing services and tons of other things, specifically catering to Latinos with sensory disabilities. And so I have that steady position that keeps me in the community allows me to help uh, a doubly marginalized community, blind Latinos. Um, And so that's happening. But also, you know, I had the great honor of voicing the ACB 
uh, Audio <laughs> Description Awards Gala. Me and Thomas, man, we were blowing it up. Thomas, I hope you're out there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a trip that was. And it's gotten me a bit of notoriety, which I'm very yeah. grateful for because I'm also, as, as you already know, writing, but also voicing and QCing audio description. So I'm, I've pursued a passion that's not just a job for me. It's an, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a way for me to cater to that side of me that, that wants to continue helping the community, but also putting myself out there as an artist too. So I'm, I'm living my best life if that's not too corny for you all, but it's true. No, we <laughs> love it. And Nefertiti has agreed to come back to Sunday edition in a few weeks to talk about the other projects that she's working on and her, her, um, you know, her evolution um, and share it with us. So I can't wait to have that conversation. And you stole my thunder a little bit <laughs> because mm -hmm. I did want to transition to Thomas by talking about the audio description gala. Um, I just have to say, you know, from a, a fanboy um, perspective for a second, you know, the bantering that you that you guys did back and forth, you know, not true audio description, but it's so it's so illustrated. Um, you know, my sister uses audio description. I've told this story a bunch of times, but she uses it so that she can do chores and still see what's, you know, hear what's going on um, in the shows that she loves. And she watched the audio description gala and she was like, I learned so much from the two of them, but I didn't realize I was learning until I started thinking about it later on. And I was like, see, we're kind of sneaky like that, aren't we? <laughs> but, um, you know, all being said, it was so well done. So Nefertiti, why don't you introduce your friend Thomas to everybody here at Sunday Edition? Thomas, an African is <laughs> oh God, I'm on the spot. <laughs> Thomas, an African American, light skinned, dark skinned, whatever skinned man. <laughs> Are you wearing glasses today, Thomas? I'm always wearing my shades. Yeah. All right. So you hear that voice. I mean, it just drips with cool. <laughs> All right. So he's got his glasses on. He's got that beautiful softballed head of his going. <laughs> and without further ado, here's here's Thomas. He's wonderful. That's I'm funny. a fan girl, in case you can't tell. <laughs> well, I'm a fan of Nefertiti. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And thank you for all the nice <laughs> things y'all said earlier about the piece. And um, thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, um, thank you so much for, for agreeing to come to Sunday Edition. Thank you so much for voicing the documentary. And a huge thanks from all of the ACP community for voicing our audio description gala. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a few moments before I open it up for our listeners to, to share their thoughts. But um, I'm going to ask you the same question. When you first came um, across this project, what, what feelings did you have? Um, how did it, you know, did it immediately? Yes, I'm going to do this. It doesn't matter. Or, you know, what, what were you, what was your thought process and feelings? Yeah. I mean, so, so Roy, who sort of like Nefertiti said is the project leader of this whole thing, which is really cool. Shout out to Roy again. I look at us like with a, with an X-Men. And so I guess that makes Roy the professor X of the group. Um, if y'all follow <laughs> X-Men, <laughs> right. So, so, so we can all be some superheroes in this thing, but um, yeah, no. So, so actually um, I did want to kind of check out what the documentary was all about to be totally honest with you, because um, this, you know, we talked about, this whole situation and we really got into it from a from a very community level there within Minneapolis but you know this obviously is a is a thing that affects all of us um has been affecting me all my life 
And, and so we could talk about it in Minneapolis. We could talk about it in Texas. We could talk about it in Florida. You name a state and we could talk about it. In fact, you name a country and we could probably talk. About it. But yeah. um, so so it was very I want to be specific about where I put my voice if I have that opportunity. Right. And I think I do. And so I wanted to kind of get the feel for what this was this was all about what the message was, because I don't want to have my voice on something that I don't necessarily approve the message of the message. And um, this one I did. And so for me, audio description and, and, you know, even just think about this crew and what we do with audio description and, you know, it's, it's a form of advocacy for me. And so to be able to be a part of this um, where, you know, in the midst of it, uh, whether it be there in Minneapolis, whether it be, you know, whatever sort of a protest, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting myself out there physically like that, but to be able to, you know, I even feel kind of funny about saying that, but be able to take some of my talent and apply it to this is absolutely fabulous. Um, but for me, it, it definitely comes from a, from a place of advocacy. Um, and so I was really honored to be a part of that. And again, when I heard Nefertiti was, was, was writing it, I'm like, yeah, because you heard that word she kept using. So I don't even I can't even say it. I'm glad she didn't put that in the script because I can't say it. So, you know, she could write it because she has talent like that. So, yeah, I wanted to be a part of this and to have an all blind crew, um, you know, Byron mixing. Oh, come on. Who wouldn't who wouldn't? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away from the documentary for a moment because I know folks have been really excited about being being able to have the opportunity to ask you a couple of questions about doing this you know, doing this as a blind person. Uh, please mute if, if you're unmuted. Thank you so much. Um, when, you know, when you sit down, can you give us just a, a quick run through of, you know, when you sit down to start a project, what is the process for, for you being a blind man um, voicing something? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my process will begin with the script and begin with formatting um, because I am not a proficient Braille user. So when I voice, I'm using JAWS or my screen reader in, in one ear and I am reading the script with that. So there's some, some massaging of the script that I usually have to do to get it to a place where I can work with it. Um, so that's, that's usually the first thing. And that, that's, that's been a part of my process, not just for narration, but a part of my process for uh, doing, doing my podcast, for a part of my process, just kind of running meetings so it goes back some time since I've been blind, since I became blind. Um, and it's kind of, it's a skill that, that takes a little while to develop. So it it's, yeah, so it starts with that, um, getting it to that place. And, and then I just go through, you know, it's, it's, it's really the same thing like it is for anybody. Like it is for Roy. He has the script in front of him. He's reading it. It's recorded. We edit. It's, it's the same thing. The only thing that's different is I'm reading that script via my screen and there's you know some little little differences in the process in terms of how i record and and that's that would be different for everyone because we all put our little takes on it um but for the most part it just comes down to process and that's what it that's what it always comes down to it's just just process and and you know folks who have given opportunities um to me and to other blind people understand that processes can be changed we don't have to be so rigid and stick to this one way of recording, uh, one way of doing something, because what really counts is the end result. And, you know, so hopefully that gives some some information about how I do it. Absolutely. So let's talk about the audio description gala for a moment. How much fun was it? 
That was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Anytime I could be a little silly, absolutely. I'm I'm with it. <laughs> Do you realize that you've got a bunch of girls, uh, women and girls, and maybe even a few boys out there that are um, Thomas Reed um, fans? And, and um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't realize that. <laughs> well, I can tell you, um, I started promoting the show last week, and I got two separate emails asking if I could connect you. Um, you know, and when I delved a little deeper, it was like, um, only on a personal level. So I said, well, then you, know, you can hit him up on Sunday edition and see if he'll want to meet you offline afterwards. Uh, <laughs> nah, 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 I, I am a married man, happily married man, two kids and all of that. So, but I appreciate it. I, I definitely appreciate the love wherever I can get it. But I'm happy. Sorry, girls and boys out there. <laughs> he is happily taken. So tell us, tell us a little bit about um, how you came to be part of the audio description gala. Yeah. So um, I was I was uh, approached by uh, Tony Stevens, and actually, probably before that was Carl. Carl actually was the one to approach me. Carl Richardson. Um, and so folks knew about my podcast, and I've been covering audio description for quite some time. Um, last year, I started a you know, sort of made a separate season on the podcast specifically to talk about things audio description related, because I'm a real cheerleader uh, and a fan of audio description. Um, and so, you know, I guess I, I some people have kind of learned and associated me with audio description. They like the vibe of the podcast. And I guess that's why they invited me to be a part of it. So I said, yes. And next year, if they ask, are you in? Yeah, probably. You know, they have to take it up with uh with the wife. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would probably be uh I'm probably in, you know. And that was another thing is because they also gave me the because when we spoke about it, there's some things that are very specific to me about audio description um that I've talked about and I continue to talk about um when it comes down to uh to cultural competence, when it comes down to the voices of the narrator who are appropriate for the for the film. Um it comes down to talking about color, talking about race, all of these things. So they gave me an opportunity to make sure that I was able to include, include that because I think that um, as well as talking about the importance and making sure that folks know that blind people are a part of this. We have been since the beginning and we have we are now and we will continue to be and that that continues to grow. And as long as I can make sure that that whatever platform I'm a part of will allow me to share that message. Then I'm probably okay with it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open the conversation up to everyone involved. Uh, you know, there are a lot of us that would love to get into the business. So if we could do a roundtable, um, and I will start with Roy and go all the way down. If you could give a piece of advice to folks out there listening who want to either be um, in quality control, writing, or voicing of audio description, a piece of advice you'd give out, Roy. Yeah, so I think one of the things that's fascinating is that those barriers of blind professionals are being removed, whether through technology or culture. I loved how Nefertiti talked about her writing experience of using technology and community and stick to That those are, I just want to bring it back that her ideas on that work. And when you think about quality and excellence in audio description, uh, we brought Kevin's way. You heard the tone at the beginning of the. Uh, the documentary when it's been screened that tone lets our audio description audiences know that they're in good hands and what that yeah. means when i say good hands is that it is that professional 
uh, contribution from every role, whether it's the, the engineering, the writing, the voicing, the quality control, each of these aspects have been developed. And it's not just a simple, I've got a mic and I can record. There's a lot of thought and, and care that goes into it. When you look at the uh, Sobus Awards, having three different categories of audio description honored for this voiceover side, when you think about the, yeah. the focus on blind professionals who are working in this, when you look at the uh, uh, podcast that Read My Mind has going, when you look at all of these things, the, you know, the Television Academy, the home of the primetime Emmys, now includes audio description narrators credits to qualify, to be able to join and make those decisions on who gets to win an Emmy, that these are the doors that are opening when it comes to those barriers. And as hard as it is to overcome those barriers, each little challenge that's, that's overcome or that's paved in a way does make a difference. And so I'm, my focus recently has been making sure that people understand the the contribution of blind professionals in this work, as everyone's been talking about tonight, and also making sure the quality and excellence is there. And to do that, it's doing the work and finding out those examples. Nefertiti talked about modeling. I think everyone on the team, especially for this work, it's an exquisitely well-done audio description track, that this is the model of what quality looks like. And so how do you get there and find those answers and start finding people that can support and any little, any little way to, to remove those barriers. It's gonna, it's gonna go somewhere. Byron, how about you? So, um, I would say the best way to get into audio description or audio in any form is to, you know, practice your skill, um, find opportunities to volunteer. Uh, ACB media is a really good example of a place where you can, you know, uh, put your skills to practice and, and learn how to use them. Um, also there are courses out there. Um, to learn how to use audio editing software. Uh, Derek Lane over at IC Music does a great uh, Reaper course, and that's a really good audio editing uh, program. They also teach Pro Tools as well. Uh, Byron Harden um, is the guy that runs that organization. Um, so, you know, Byron's Unite. Um, and then also, <laughs> you know, connections with people in the industry, knowing people in the industry that can help you find opportunities. Um, you know, uh, for me, it was Chris Snyder who uh, kind of introduced me to a lot of people. Um, Roy Samuelson, Anthony kind of hooked me up with Roy and, and I'm working a lot with him. Uh, and that's what led to being able to work on this opportunity. So it is um you know, learning that skill, finding ways to hone that skill, and then having the connection to get into the industry. Nefertiti? Wow. Well, for writing, as a blind person in particular, I would say definitely, definitely have to cultivate those skills, your writing skills first, because the resistance is real, folks. All right. The skepticism, the ableism, all of that exists. And not just from sighted people, from our own kind. I've gotten it from yeah. all from all sides, this controversial, well, how, how do you as a blind person accurately, you know, vocalize or, you know, write in this case, the, the visual elements and all this stuff. And, and I understand these questions are legit. People are genuinely interested, but there's also a lot of resistance where people are just like, nope, no room for this. No, I don't understand it. I don't want it and all that. So hone your skills, as Byron was saying, cultivate them, but also make sure you have a thick skin. Make sure that 
you are good about networking, also something Byron talked about. I agree with that completely. In fact, uh, the job I moved on to recently was because a friend of mine, can I say? It was Thomas. It was Thomas. Thomas put me in touch with the person who, who offered me the position I interviewed and went through a couple of rounds of that and eventually was found to be the best fit. So huge, huge on um, networking and such to try and find, you know, your place in all of this. But absolutely what needs to come first is the dedication, the cultivating of your skills, even if that is doing unpaid work and the like, and the networking, super important. And don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. If this is absolutely. really what you want to do. There are other people doing it already. So, you know, it's possible. All right, Thomas. Yeah, I'm going to ditto everything that was said. And I'm also going to add, you know, from if, if you think about it, you have, I think Byron mentioned this, like you can you can kind of jump in there right now in whatever format, narrate, start narrating. So you can actually just take one of your favorites, listen to it, write down what the narration is and, and go ahead and record it back. Right. You can do that. You can easily watch a film and do some quality control. And I think that's a really good exercise because my final point is that it's not often as sexy as you might think it is. It might not be <laughs> as fun because when you QC a project, for example, you know, you're, you're, you're not just chilling watching the movie. You're, you're really thinking about that movie and, you, and you're really going into the audio description. When you're narrating, you really get to learn about yourself. Like I, I know all of my little idiosyncrasies and the things that I do wrong that I need to correct. And I have to listen to them and say, Hey, I need to correct that. Like it's a different process. It's not just fun. It's like, if you were going to be an actor, I mean, it looks like it's fun, but it's not all fun. It's work. And so I think that's something that's really, really important um, to kind of figure it out. And the only way that I think you can really do that is to just go on and dive right in and start and just give it a shot keep practice. So I want to remind folks that this is Sunday edition with Anthony Corona. We're not going to run um, any promos to mark the second hour. We're going to dive right into our membership. So Byron, you're back to double duty. And I believe that Sai and Steven are still with us. So let's call up folks and, and um, ask them how they felt about say his name yeah. and um, what else they want to share. So thank you for doing double duty today, Byron. We got a Here's couple. our first hand. All right. Hey, hey. If yeah. I may, hey, Byron and Anthony, can I say something as an extension off of what uh, Nefertiti, Nefertiti and, and Thomas and Roy were saying? Is that okay? Absolutely, yes. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I, I was just thinking of this as I was listening to them speak about, you know, uh, being blind or visually impaired, getting into audio description. Same goes for the film industry in general. Um, I am visually impaired and as and I've been writing music for I've been writing music all my life, but I've only been writing music for film for maybe 10 years, right? Uh, I had no one to look up to, I had no one to turn to, I had no one with a with a dis, uh, who was blind or visually impaired as, as a working composer, let alone having a disability that were out that were open about it in the industry. And I had to figure out all this stuff by myself, and that is how I learned what my skills were. Uh, when Nefertiti was talking about community. Where are your resources? Who are the people you can turn to? And who also are the people that you can just set them aside, push them away because they're not going to help you get rid of them. And where are your resources? Who will there be there to support you? But also know your tools, like, you know, through IC Music, you know, understanding QC, uh, understanding that yeah. working on films 
uh, is rigid. It is hard. It is work, but it's fun work if you like it, right? Knowing your tools, being visually impaired has helped me immensely how I create my musical templates. Uh, but also there are resources out there. There are nonprofits. I have a nonprofit for blind composers and, and disabled composers and musicians. There are resources in Hollywood advocating for hiring people with disabilities in the film industry behind the camera as well as in front of. But every, there, there are enough people advocating for people in front of the ca camera, you know, actors, you know, for every actor on a show, there's 10 or 20 people behind the camera actually making the thing happen. And there are places and people out there advocating to change the mind, to change the culture uh, in, in the industry. So if you have questions, too, uh, ab about working in the film industry, wh whether, uh, you know, it's uh, what you, you want to get into, you know, I'm sure you, you're welcome to reach out to, to anybody here. But, you know, we know that you can reach out to, you know, people like myself, too, uh, because there are a, a few blind, visually impaired people out there, but not a lot of them are out of it. I think I'm the only person, the only composer working in the industry with a visual impairment that's actually open about it. So there's there's a lot of work to do, but there are people out there to support you. So uh, but I just I just want to say that. And uh, here we go. And before we close the show today, um, these fine folks will give some contact information, some podcasts to go check out and things like that. But uh, no better than the finest uh, for Sunday edition for the American Council of the Blind. And um, they're here today. So we're going to go to our membership. But I promise before we end the show today, we will pass out some of that information. Byron, who is up first? All right. We've got a few people waiting in the wings here. Um, Sarita, I'm going to ask you to unmute and uh, go ahead and ask your question. There she is. Good Hi, Sarita. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi. This <laughs> Welcome back to Sunday thank edition, Sarita. <laughs> thank you very much. And thank you all for your contributions. And uh, I want the composer to know your music was beautiful. Because while I listened, I looked at it. I'm a person with low vision. I live with low vision. So I was able to appreciate the visuals. And while you stated earlier in your comments that the music is not supposed to be right up front for you. I love music, so your music was beautiful. But my question to all of you is, what's next for this project? And before you answer, I wanted to say what I would like to see happen to it, or for it, with it. I'm a, uh, a retired federal uh, human resource professional, where training was very much a part of what I had to do in my daily activities. I used to have to purchase training videos and so forth. So forth. And when I looked at this video, I said to myself, hmm, this should be marketed to every police department in the United States to be used as a training bill. This should be marketed to all the chapters, state affiliates throughout ACB, so they can have a discussion hour around this. This should be a catalyst for why ACB should hire a diversity, inclusion, and equitable equity officer because we have these problems they don't manifest in the way shown in this video thank god but we have problems around conflict of this nature within our organization thank you all right let's go um let's go from the top down side what's next uh yeah i appreciate this comment i guess that's where i'm at with this film right now is trying to figure out it's it's always it's always uh complicated uh, once you finish a film and then try to find out. I mean, luckily, you know, I had PBS that, you know, was able to, um, I was able to be a part of their 
grant project for this film and then they you know aired it throughout the country but it's it's up to me to carry it on and figure out you know the next steps for it so and you know um diversity and the the equity um projects that companies are you know looking to strive for maybe even more so now um is an op is an option but um you know, there it, it does bring up. Um, I don't know. I I had a one one comment that it's um it's just too much to show for something like that. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out like, what to do with it. I have to I have to counter and say how could it possibly be too much? It's the truth. But yeah. Um. Do you, does anybody else want to step up and say anything before we take the next hand? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. Hey, this is Thomas. Um, and shout out to Sarita for, for that question. Um, so yeah, I don't, in terms of the group, I don't know what's next. Um, and I'm not necessarily in a position to, to speak for the group, but I would love to see us continue and work on some other projects, um, as, as a, as a fully blind team doing audio description. Um, I love it. Yeah. And, and I just, I would love to see more of that. Um, you know, it's funny because Anthony, you had asked me before in terms of, of, getting involved with ACB and the, the ceremony and stuff. And I was, I was a little surprised at that in a way, because in 2020, one of my podcast episodes, I specifically asked um, both blindness organizations about their statement, because at the time there was no statements um, mm-hmm. in terms of responding. And when ACB issued their statement, um, you know, I, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was good enough to be totally honest with you. And, um, and I said that in the episode and, and I think even the fact that, and I, and, and shout out to, to you and, and to Sai for letting this, you know, this film be shown on ACB radio. Um, but even that, I think it was presented by the multicultural club. And I think if, if ACB really wants to do something, ACB from the top down should be in this room. ACB from the top down should have should have said, hey, we're going to take some time. And ACB as an organization is going to present it, not the multicultural club, because it's not it's not the job of those who are marginalized to to fix this problem. It really isn't. And, And too often we do the work. And so if ACB really wants to do something about it. And yes, I I I. Did that? Maybe they won't invite me back, but that's okay because, like I told you, I'm an advocate first, and so I have to speak the truth. If ACB really wants to do something about it, AS, ACB, NFB, AFB, A, whatever B, right? <laughs> they, <laughs> they they need to just go ahead and put their money and their, you know right there where the mouth is, and let's let's do something. So I'm glad to read raised that, um, and thank you for absolutely. Mike so- drop. Thomas. Right. You know, so just to for a point of clarification and, and I'm not it's not a pat on the back. We have the blessing of the multi, Multicultural Affairs Committee and BPI, Blind Pride International, which is the LGBTQ organization, is partnering for another listening session on Monday. But Sunday edition brought this um, and there was some chatter on um, one of our email lists that was not as favorable as it should have been. Um, and the top leadership, Dan Spoon and, and such, um, gave, gave, our, gave their blessing, w- you know, wanted this to go forward. Um, but I agree with you. I don't think it's enough just to give a blessing. Um, and a white boy from New York shouldn't be the one who's, who's um, in, in, you know, initiating these conversations. 
That being said, Byron, who's up next? All right. Let's see who is next on the list. We've got Debbie. Debbie, go ahead and unmute and ask your question. Hello, everybody. Uh, I just want to say a couple of things. One, I am so proud of the blindness team. But I want to say, when I was listening to the film last night, it was so natural. I wasn't thinking about the blindness team doing it. I was thinking about the beautiful finished product. Thomas, I saw you at the gala and laughed with you. You are a real hoot. But in that description, you put your heart in a different place and you did yourself proud and all of us by the way you described the beautiful words that Nefertiti gave to you to do. And Byron, you are amazing um, in, in all of this audio stuff and I would have expected nothing less from you. And I want to say, Sai, this film should be shown to every history teacher, professor in this country. We have a lot in our country's past that is not pride worthy, but you took a situation and told a story about hatred and bigotry and misunderstanding and ignorance, and you told it, but you yourself didn't hate. And that is what sets this whole thing apart. I am so proud to be here today and to listen to what you have to say. And I also want to say that I love when anybody asks you a question, you don't, you take a minute to think. And I think so many of us are so ready to snap. We want to, we want somebody to shut up so we can start. And you are just a wonderful person to tell this story. And it truly is journalism the way it should be. You didn't hold back anything, but you showed all sides. And I, I myself will never forget this experience. And I think your film, not only in terms of audio description, is a model of how history should be shown. Not, not whitewashed, not glossed over, but not in a way that gives people shouting matches to get across their own agenda. And I have wondered in the past few months if we have torn down the table that where we can go to speak and compromise and even more than speaking to listen. And I think your film has put all four legs back up on their feet and the top of the table is now coming into place and we can put this table again together where we can come and have a respectful discussion and listen even more than we talk. So I just want to say, and the music was gorgeous. Um, I'm in the arts myself and I thoroughly, the music added in every way to the wonderful audio experience. And I, I just say kudos to you all. And I hope that, that the, as, as Sarita said, police departments, but I tell you, this should be, this should be a model how history is presented in truth and fairness to all and without putting forth a personal agenda of 
hatred, which you did not. And I just so much, I so much appreciate this opportunity. Thank you all so much. I will never forget any of you. Well, thank you, Debbie. Your comments are like a runner on that table, just highlighting the beauty of the table itself. Thank you so, so much for that. Does anybody want to respond before we take another hand? I'll say thank you, Debbie. Thank you for me too, Debbie. Wow. I uh, got some goosebumps going on over here. Thank you so much. It's clear that you've been impacted in the way that I, I think it's safe to say for all of us, we intended. So thank you so much for taking the time and for letting us know. Yeah, and Mrs. Steve, I, I appreciate you saying that. And, and I believe it was Sarita who, who also had some nice comments. Uh, thoughtful comments about the music. It, this was a community effort. This was a team effort. Yeah, I, I was one of of a few people who wrote music for this, and um, uh, and and it was great. And that's what I love about uh, the disability community, the blindness community, is we know how to you know to build community. And there's a lot of ego that goes on in this industry uh, th that I work in, that we work in. And what I, what I love about working with Sai, Sai has never belittled me or treated me any less other than a colleague. And that is why I love working with this guy because there is no ego. He does what, what you just commented on about the film is, is he provides, uh, you know, th th those sides, which makes it, uh, a, a joy, if not, uh, a, a labor, uh, uh, well, with a film like this, it's not a joy to score it. Um, it's actually, it was quite frustrated. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the quite the right adjective to use, but to watch the same scenes over and over and over and over again, and have having to write music for that was, was very difficult, but it's important work. And to that comment about, you know, like Sai that that person said, Oh, it's too deep. I'm like, well, man, push that person out of the way and go find somebody who wants to go scuba diving with you. Um, yes. There's there's too much ignorance out there, and too many people who are just afraid about or asking of asking the right questions. And 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 the the, the caller just before this, they said it just right. It, it's um um oh, I just forgot my point. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just so passionate. So thank you for for the comments. Um, but but yeah, um, this should this should be shared and identifying the the, the right places to find the right people who will uh, want to go down this journey of sharing it. So uh, thanks again for the comments about the music, but it was it was also a team effort too. Saya, so I, I hope you're you're hearing how much this has impacted us and how much we really, you know, felt in it because you gave the opportunity for audio description to be a part of it, and because you've given it to the American Council of the Blind to to experience. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I appreciate everybody's comments, and um, you know, I it was it's been challenging trying to figure out how to use it, um, you know, in the theaters and the festival world. There's really, I mean, there was there was talk about an app that we were looking at, and uh, you know, I'm just trying to figure out like how 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 can we put it to use. I mean, it's one thing to use it for education, but it's another to to use it for the blind community too. So um, I'm trying to figure out how to do both at the same time, really. Well, you're doing a pretty good job so far. Byron, who's up next? All right. Uh, well, thank you, Debbie. Um, all right. So the next person on the list is Sandra. Sandra, go ahead and uh, unmute. I just wanted to make a comment. This is amazing. Um, I think that the work, um, the, the you know, blood, sweat, and tears that has gone on to take to um, create this project um, and just facilitate this opportunity 
you know. Um, I'm going to echo the sentiments of what other people have said, you know. Um, it's, it's nice that we have the blessing, but that's not the same as, as being intentional and, you know, really um, investing resources and, and, and getting behind it. So I am truly glad that we are starting to um, create a space where we can have these conversations, more importantly, where we can be intentional and actually do something because the time is now. Thank you. Thank you. Byron. Okay, let's see. Next up on the list, we have uh, Christine. Is that my Pennsylvania friend? Hmm. Christine H. Okay, I just sent a request to unmute. Usually people just unmute themselves, but there we go. It, it wouldn't unmute. I gotcha. Okay, now I'm here. Um, I just wanted to say, not only, uh, in fairness, I haven't seen the film yet. Um, last night I was doing something else and eight o'clock slid by. Uh, and then I didn't read my email this morning, so fast enough to catch it at noon. But I plan on doing it, and because I know Thomas is a good um, a good voice for this kind of a of a, of a film. But the thing I want to say is, I'm all in favor of audio description being part of newscast, so that we would have known way sooner than we ever did what things looked like. I I think the networks should embrace that. Um, there is closed captioning for newscasts. And I, I just think audio description for newscasts, when there is footage that is something that could be described, should be described. That's a great point. Um, Roy, do you know if there's been any talk in the industry about trying to um, add audio description to newscasts? Yeah, there's two examples that come to mind right off the bat. There's another podcast called Talk Description to Me based out of Canada. J.J. Hunt and Christine Malik have right. provided access to the visuals of those kinds of current events. Yeah, but they're, uh, additionally, but they're not in real time. That's correct. Additionally, though, related to that, I guess what I'm, what I'm suggesting is there's two different things. The, the fact that they are doing it, even though it's not to time, it's addressing a need. And the fact that they've been able to continue doing it, I think is, is doing that. But the other thing that I think is relevant to the timing, last year, the Oscars were described. There's other organizations that are doing live AD, specifically, uh, let me think, I think it's a WWE on Fox Sports. I don't watch it, but audio description, I think every Friday night has it. So it's not unprecedented. I wanted to use those two examples to say that it's not uncharted. It's happening for the interest, not to picture, but to, uh, <laughs> to have people have those current events described. And here's this other thing that's kind of adjacent to it in that here's this every week. No one knows what's going to happen, but it's live AD. And the fact that I think, you know, once we open up again, when it comes to theatrical performances, the live AD happens for, for plays and musicals. When you go into the actual theater for a live event, so putting all this together, it's not that big of a stretch. And so, you know, I'm a, a big proponent of making sure that professionals are included in this work, specifically blind professionals. I think this could be one of the examples where let's, let's get this going. And it makes sense. So I, I agree with you. But I, I, I think those two examples really cement the, the path forward is not as rocky as it feels. 
You know, I, I mentioned I mentioned this um, often because I'm very proud of it. Uh, we petitioned for um, Days of Our Lives. We petitioned all four, but Days of Our Lives, NBC and Corday Media um, all came together. And Days of Our Lives is audio described. I'm wondering if we if we all work together and maybe petitioned MSNBC and more, you know, more targeted, maybe either the Rachel Maddow show or the 11th hour um, you know, two of the highest rated on on that um, on that service. If we petitioned and and um, really really fought for them to at least take a look at pos- of trying it out, giving it a you know um, what do they call it a um, a trial run for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, I, I think if we all work together, we that's something we could possibly make happen. So, Christine, thank you for bringing that up. Um, Byron, who's up next? Yeah. Um, and before we move on from that question, I just wanted to uh, make make Christine aware of a couple of other options that might work. Um, so both of them are IRA related. So you know, IRA will allow you to do uh, personal, uh, you know, visual assistance, some audio description. So maybe you can call into IRA and say there's something happening live on TV right now, and I would like more context. That would be helpful. But the other thing is they do a lot of live events. Um, and so it's possible that uh, if you're on their mailing list, that when something um, happens in the news that they may, you know, they may opt to do some sort of uh, webcast where they give more in-depth description as to what's happening on the screen. So A-I-R-A, IRA, might be a good option for you. That was um, a great point, Byron. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, uh, next in the list is Yasmin C. Yasmin, go ahead and unmute and ask your question. Hi, thank you. Um, I just wanted to say I was on the on the Zoom call last night and had a chance to um, listen to the film, and I think um, you guys did an absolutely amazing job with it. And I was hoping, or I don't know if you guys maybe even thought about doing um, you know, more films like this on the other cases that have been, you know, like in the media, like a Breonna Taylor, you know, Amara Aubrey. Um, I think the more, um, you know, uh, like film or something to be able to, uh, show people, um, that they would have a, a better understanding of what's really going on and, um, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there where they feel that they have learned all they need to learn from, you know, from when they were in school. Like they don't want to continue to get more um, education on really what's going on today. You know, um, the, the world is changing. Our country is changing. And, you know, it's nice to say that, you know, we want we want everybody to be equal. But the truth is that not everybody is equal. And until we really accept or, you know, change that fact, um, then I think, you know, we will continue to, you know, make the progress um, that we need to make. But um, yeah, I hope you guys, you know, would consider something like that, because I think it's very helpful. Um, and let me tell you, I didn't know really anything about audio description um, until a couple of years ago. I just thought there was only like the closed captioning. I just thought that was it. And I never thought as someone who is, I am losing my vision. I still have some vision, but, um, you know, 
it's almost gone at this point. And um, it's not until like these last, what, two years or so that I've really been getting into um, like learning Jaws and, um, and trying to find other ways to be able to still enjoy things that I um, watch on TV. And it wasn't until I heard it on Netflix, the actual audio description, I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like um, I, I did have a, a aunt who was blind and, you know, I was telling her about it and she couldn't really fathom that idea. And she was just like, how was that going to work? But, um, you know, I think, you know, audio description is definitely making great strides, but um, I really would hope that you guys could do more. And if you have already, maybe it could be linked, you know, below that way we can go and find, you know, find out more about it. Thank you. I or um, Thomas, do you either of you yeah. want to respond? Go ahead. Oh, well, I just want to respond. I'll let Sai respond. To other Number one, I am all for that. What you said, uh, Yasmin, in the beginning, in terms of doing other projects, always all for that, especially those projects that you mentioned, those specific ones. But um, the, th the thing that I want to point out is uh, what Yasmin touched on is, is this like it's, it's always so baffling to me that we don't know about audio description and we're not to blame for that. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but that's why I like to focus on us getting the word out. And this was something that I tried to include in the, the ceremony, the ACB ceremony, um, audio yeah. description ceremony, the whole idea that we don't know about it. And, and I know that there's a big push and I'm, I'm, I get it. There's a big push to get other people, non-blind people to understand about audio description. Um, but I think as, as Yasmin just said, like that's so important because her aunt, who it sounds like was, has been blind longer, just can't even get it because she's so used to not having access to it. So when you do get access, it's like, no, I don't even, you know, and, and we yep. have such an opportunity to spread this. Um, so I just want to encourage everyone else to, to continue to spread. And Yasmin, I want to invite you to go on over to readmymind.com because I think you will enjoy the podcast, not only about audio description, but some of the stuff that you're coming into to contact with. So Anthony, I don't want to necessarily, I'm not no, trying no. to self-promote, but I think she no, can, no, no, she please can have use for that. So it's readmymind.com. <laughs> -E um, the name of the podcast is Read My Mind Radio, and I think you would enjoy it. Like his this. last name. Exactly. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Nefertiti, you can also um, offer a little bit about the Haskell Library in New York, which is an amazing resource. Oh, sure. Well, I, I don't know um, who is in New York City or isn't, but hey, with the uh, pandemic and all, we have gone pretty much all remote. I still say we, um, but uh, the library has gone basically remote. And it is called the Andrew Haskell Braille and Talking Book Library in New York City. And uh, the department that we're specifically talking about here is the technology department, although you can get um, Braille and audiobooks if you live in New York City or Long Island as well. But the technology department is the one that I was a part of and am most thrilled about. We teach everything from the most basic of typing skills to very advanced you know, build your own website using screen readers, using um, uh, magnifiers, you know, will teach you how to use blindness specific uh, type of technology like the Victor Reader Stream and things of that sort. So if you're interested, head on over to or you can even Google just Google Andrew Haskell Library or New York Public Library where we are a branch of New York Public Library. Um, 
and get in touch with us through there. I keep saying us and we, I'm not there anymore. Otherwise, I'd give you my email address uh, to contact me directly. But you can reach the technology department. Um, There's a phone number, 212-621-0627. Oh, good. I haven't forgotten it. It's option um, and, four, isn't it? If I remember yes, correctly. option yeah. four, Anthony, yes. <laughs> um, and make an appointment with somebody to talk with you over the phone, over Zoom, or whatever you you want. We have group workshops as well, including a Braille group every week. And it's just a wonderful resource for anybody who is newly blind or wants to connect with community or even just sort of refresh any technology or Braille skills. So check them out. All right, we're going to do some more um, some more contact and other podcasts to check out in a little while. Byron, how many more hands do we have? Okay, let's see. I know that we have a couple. We have one at the moment. We have a, a 916 area code. It's Margie. <laughs> I pick your speaker. Hey, Margie, um, I'm glad that you called us. Uh, there, there was something really funny and weird happening with your mic yeah, yesterday. So good for was, you using the is. phone. <laughs> So thank God for landlines is all I can say. Yeah. Um, Thomas, I want to say I'm a happily partnered for 18 years um, with my partner, and he's wonderful, but I still have a crush on your voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, Marjorie. I, I can you. listen to your voice all Told day you. long. <laughs> um, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know? I happen to be Caucasian. My partner, he is sighted. And I tried to get visual input and I couldn't get it because he's not a describer. He didn't give it to me um, as well as you guys did. Prior to yesterday, what I knew was there was riding going on and a cop killed a black, uh, strangled a black man. That's all I knew because I couldn't see the television. My goal is not to call Ira and have that delay. I need immediate access. That's an option, and I'm not speaking for anyone else, just myself. My goal is to see this on mainstream television. You know, I live in California. We have incredible wildfires. I don't see anything about it. All the sighted people do. And, yes, I'm getting choked up. Um, So this is incredibly powerful for me yesterday, and it's changed my whole perspective. Or I should say it's enhanced my perspective and what really went on. And the most valuable part to me was the rebuilding. I I just couldn't even imagine that was going to happen. I never knew it happened. I'm going to tell you that. Um, Or my perspective was it was white people rebuilding. And it it was all racist rebuilding, which is an important message. Um, I want to give a very valuable resource. And that's our own ADP website, Audio Description Project. I believe the URL is acb.org slash ADP. Anyone that's vaguely familiar, go check that out. We have all kinds of wonderful resources. And um, there's one other thought I wanted to say. Um, I don't remember. So um, just thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope to see more of this. I get the movies. I get the theaters that audio are audio described, but I don't get the news. And that is probably... That's the one thing I watch every day. I don't watch much television. And that is so important for us. And I remembered what I was going to say. Thank God. Um, I really hope, and if ACB leaders are listening, please hear this. I really hope that BPI with MCAC 
can bring this forward as a program next year on the main agenda. If you're alive on this earth today, this impacts all of us. I don't care what your skin color is. I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't even care if you're prejudiced. That's your option. But this will impact all of us. This has impacted all of us. And I think if it was on the main program, more people would see the real value in this. It was so valuable. I had no idea how. I just follow Anthony. I had no idea what the heck to do. I follow Anthony. <laughs> and his partner. Well, thank you. And I did. And I did. And let me tell you, I am so very grateful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. God bless. And thank you, Margie. This is Nefertiti. I see your messages on the ADP list all the time. And it's great to put a voice to those beautiful messages. So thank you so much. Sai, if I can put you on the spot for a moment, and I understand, you know, whatever the answer would be, um, is there any way we could have permission to to run it once or twice more so that um, we can reach out to the ACB leaders via our list and ask them to please um, take a look and listen to to um, this valuable, valuable, valuable piece of work? Oh, yeah, whatever, whatever you think would help. <laughs> Uh, I just opened my eyes to a lot of lot of issues with this that I hadn't previously thought about before. So you know, I'm I'm happy to be able to help in any way I can. Thank you, very much appreciated, folks out there. You know, I love a challenge. The Sunday edition challenge is alive and well, and this um this week's challenge is definitely going to be to to invite other folks that you know who may not have been able to experience this to um, to experience it again and to reach out to our leaders and tell them why you think it's important for them to experience it as well. Byron, let's do a hand check real quick. We are out of hands at the moment, but if people have something to say, now would be the time to get those hands up and ask. And if you're listening on ACB Media One, um, it is the standard st Sunday edition link. So anywhere you find this week's, last week's, whatever Sunday edition, if it says Sunday edition, click the link and you can join us here. I heard a hand go up. Yep, go you ahead, did. Byron. It's a 215 area code. Thank you. This is Pam Shaw from the Philadelphia area. Good afternoon, everybody. First of all, I want to say thank you as many have had, but in a very, very special and personal way. I saw the movie twice. One without audio description on our local public broadcasting station, and then with the audio description last night. And wow, what a marvelous experience it was, because it reminds me, again, of the things that we miss when we don't have the audio description. And what I would say to the team was, yes, your talent was on display, but for me, what I picked up on was your heart, your spirit, and your gifts. And that meant a lot to me on a very personal level. One, I would love to have my own copy of this because I can think of so many ways I can use it in my personal life. And second, I would love to just have the soundtrack. I thought the music was marvelous. And I thought about how after watching this, I just wanted to sit in the glow and just listen to the music. So I have a lot of thanks for you and the encouragement though, that is also giving me to do more than just say what others ought to do. I've got to do Pam and that I can do. And I thank you for the encouragement that this particular project has given to me. 
So thank you for allowing me to share. Wow. Thank you, Pam. That's, that's you're powerful. You're here, Pam. Beautiful. Yeah. Stephen, you want to say anything before we go to the next hand? Uh, well, thank you for, for talking about the music. I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, I work in so many different things. Like I never even think about soundtracks and like, I kind of, it's when it comes to music, it's kind of a set it and forget it. Um, kind of thing because you know you work on a bunch of stuff and you move on to the next project um and so and to be honest i'm not a super huge composer so i don't have like agents like you know hitting up sony and universal saying hey let's get the soundtrack out but you know i never thought about that pam so uh you know thank you for that there's a lot of great music in there there's september pen who provided the vocals uh who was amazing there's charlie mccarran who provided uh, several tracks. There's Alzi Ramsey, uh, who provided the awesome um, ending track with uh, like the, the the washed out organ sound. Um, I've known him for like eight years, and uh, you know when he wrote it because I was talking to him, and and uh, when he wrote it, he said, "Steve, this is how the Black Church celebrates life," and you know, and he taught me. Um, you know, something about, uh, about that experience that as, as, as a Scandinavian Lutheran, we're pretty reserved in church, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, organ music. I love it. And so like being able to honor that and, uh, you know, with, with the soundtrack, what was amazing, which is why it's so important for there to be a community effort in all of this stuff from, from all backgrounds, all, all diversities out there to broaden our perspectives and to humble ourselves before one another so we can learn from one another. But Pam, thank you for, for those comments about the music. That's a great comment, too. I love that. Humble ourselves. Wow. I like that a lot. All right, Byron, who's up next? All right. Up next, we have Yasmin. Hi, thank you. I just wanted to say um, that now I know who Nefertiti is. Uh, once she mentioned Andrew Haskell Library, um, I am from New York and I'm, I belong to the Greater New York Council of the Blind. So your name comes up a lot <laughs> with our yep. group. And um, I just wanted to know would the, the team that worked on this film, would you guys be interested in you know, maybe coming to, um, you know, speak to our chapter or, you know, any of the local chapters about about the film or even just about audio description and like in general, because I think it'd be something um, that they would our members would be interested in because a lot of them, um, you know, they do have that feeling where, you know, they've reached a certain age and, um, you know, they don't think that certain things could be done or it, you know, it's not something that relates to them, but I, you know, just to hear about something like this, where it was a whole team that worked on this film and, and, you know, visually impaired. And, you know, I think this would be, um, you know, like a, a boost for the group. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I am the, um, I'm in charge of membership. <laughs> so, and I, I hold the, you know, some of the, events um for them for my chapter and um you know i'm just throwing it out there nefertiti thomas roy <laughs> personally i'm in um yasmin I'm, I'm in the poconos i mean i know it's gonna be virtual i'm in the poconos but you know i always represent my bx my beloved bx so just letting you know so i'm you can count me in. yeah and I, <laughs> I was gonna say i'm no longer at the library but i still intend to volunteer 
from time to time. And that is my community. You know, blindness, everything is my community. Latinos are my community. Black people are my community, everybody. So you can definitely count on me as well. I think we'll be getting soon here to our contact details and you can feel free to be in touch. I'm so glad that you know who I am. That always makes me feel good. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, yes, right. Roy, I want to make sure uh, Serena, who did quality control, she was not avail- uh, available this morning, but she did, uh, she did a wonderful job. And uh, I'm sure the whole team can, can vouch for her contribution to this as well. Absolutely. I wanted to mention her. So thank you for bringing that up, Roy. We're going to take a pause on the hands. When we go off air, if there are any hands left, we will take them. Um, I want to go, you know, from top down. Um, Sai, can you tell us where they can find the film again? Um, if if there's any projects you'd like to highlight, that you, other projects you've done, um, and if you feel comfortable giving out contact information. Um, yeah, I'd, I wish I had a better answer for uh, where they could find the film right now because um, I don't really have an answer for that other than just the Vimeo link, you know. Um, but I mean, it's it's. Yeah, the non-audio version is on, the, I think it's still on the PBS website, our local T, uh, Twin Cities public television site. But I don't know, maybe that'll be my focus here a couple of weeks to figure out someplace. And I'll arrange two more showings um, for ACB Media as well. How about if they wanted to reach out to you? Do you have an email address? Uh, email address is sidotson at Gmail. And it's D-O-D. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Stephen. Um, is there anywhere that folks can hear some of your music, and if they'd like to reach out to you as well? Oh goodness. Well, there are plenty of pirated sites around the world where you can listen to my stuff. Actually, um, <laughs> uh, I've written a lot of piano music. Like, so Spotify um, is a lot of my piano music. I have a SoundCloud page with some uh, previous uh, tracks from from the different movies I've done. Um, if you want to email me, it's Steve Letness at gmail.com, S T E V E L E T N E S, Steve Letness at gmail.com. Um, I do want to highlight one project that I got uh, that I started to work on is uh, it's a feature documentary about four blind cyclists uh, that race across America. Um, it's ne- yeah, it's never been done. Um, and, uh, and so it's been completed and now we're in post-production. And so I'm scoring the film. I just got hired, even though I've been involved with it for a few years. Um, I, I'm, I'm now officially working on the music for it and check this out. I've hired a blind assistant, a visually impaired, uh, a sound designer, a blind uh, music mixer, um, and uh, I have a visually impaired uh, violinist as well as a blind guitarist. So I am compiling uh, as many blind and visually impaired people to assist me with uh, the music portion of this film, again, to demonstrate to the ignorant world that, yes, um, we can, of course, do whatever we want. So just get your heads out of your butts and uh, realize that you can hire anybody with a disability. We're going to do a better job than non-disabled people will anyway. So <laughs> that's my little uh, editorializing there. Uh, so the whole well, thing. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I've got a blind trumpeter for you if you need one. And I'm going to be hitting you up offline because I would love the Sunday edition exclusive of that as well, if ever possible. So thank you for that. 
Um, Byron, I'm going to skip you because you're on every week, so we can talk, uh, you know, at length about the projects you're involved in. Um, Roy has a list of stuff for us to check out. Roy, um, let's start out with Kevin's Way and some of the podcasts that, and some of the Facebook pages that you endorse for quality audio description. Sure. And the audiences are really driving these conversations when it comes to quality and excellence. That It's so much more than just does it have it or not? I never want to discount that need of having it. But beyond just having it, it's been wonderful to see that our audiences are now focused additionally on having it with us experience in parody to cited audiences. Uh, one of the things that has contributed to that is uh, audio description discussion group on Facebook. Uh, that has uh, some really fascinating and lively conversations. Additionally, the ADNA Showcase has uh, a Facebook group that uh, people can share their contribution to audio description. And it's been really neat to see that people are private messaging saying, hey, I just got I got this job because I posted something on that group. And it's been that's the kind of access that I think has been missing. Obviously, the Read My Mind special is, you know, not just the special editions, but the entire Read My Mind podcast. It's a it's a great follow. We've already briefly mentioned uh, Talk Description to me and uh, ACB's Carl and Brian have uh, Picture This podcast. Uh, I've got the ADNA Presents, uh, which focuses on audio description professionals of all kind. And we really make sure that uh, those names of the talents, both for writing and voicing and quality control and engineering are getting out there. And I feel like that's a great way to make sure that that pivot towards not how cheap this work can be, but how great it can be. Um, tell me what's going on with Know Your Narrator. Uh, that is the uh, ADNA Presents. We've, uh, we've started off the podcast exclusively on, on voice talents, but the intent and the strategy behind that was to get people on board because that's our first kind of exposure is you recognize the voice. But as you've heard today, that the contribution of audio description is so much more layered. Now there's, you know, Nefertiti is also a voice talent. She's not just a writer. So there's ways that you can overlap and do more. Uh, Thomas Reed is an incredible editor and mixer as well as a voice talent. So there's intersections even within audio description, but we really wanted to focus on the voice talent to get people up and ready. And with 130 episodes of, of different professionals of all kinds, it made sense to change the name to the ADNA Presents, which it's always been called the ADNA Presents Know Your Narrator. But now we're expanding to include m many more professionals, uh, blind and sighted, when it comes to uh, contributing to what excellence means and their approach to it. Uh, so it's kind of like a library of of uh, how this work is done behind the scenes and and how audiences can experience it. And I'm going to put you on the spot for a second before we go to Nefertiti and Thomas. But um, Chris Snyder won um, an award a couple of weeks ago. Could you um, explain to the folks out there exactly what the award was for and why it was so important? About three years ago, uh, Sovas uh, gave a... Uh, uh, a narration nomination for uh, a film I had done voicing on audio description. And the goal with that was to start getting them aware of, of this contribution on the, the voice talent side. Uh, I think one of the challenges with, uh, and uh, Thomas uh, addressed this earlier in the conversation about how our audiences need to be aware of audio description. 
And uh, with the Sovas Awards, they focus exclusively on the voiceover side. Now, Satana Howery has won an award on Sovas. So this isn't really uncharted or uh, new territory for them. But to allow audio description to be included in the specific narration category, that was two, three years ago. Uh, there was another voice talent who was also nominated for her contribution to a Netflix series. But as of uh, last month, uh, Chris Snyder won one of the three different audio description categories for the Silvis Awards. So they have now three different categories for audio description exclusively. One of the fascinating things about that is that as Silvis became aware of what accessibility means, uh, you know, there were many conversations behind the scenes, but they understood the value of blind judges to be making those decisions on those nominations as well as who got that award. And so there's a, there's a level of inclusion there. There's always more growth that needs to come when it comes to that. But these feel like some really substantial steps, making sure that inclusion matters, not only for the audience's experience, but also for the professionals behind the scenes. And those people who are making the decisions about the professionals, that blind professionals across the board are included, whether it's judging for these awards or having more voice talents be acknowledged for their contribution. Uh, one more shout out to Satana for doing nine seasons oh, of Netflix on uh, 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 Seinfeld. The, Seinfeld. These yeah. are, you know, this just came out last year and Seinfeld is how many decades old, you know? So blind professionals are included in this work in as many ways as, as blind people are ready to jump in. Byron will probably go over a minute or so, but they won't uh, beat me up too much. Uh, Nefertiti, you're up. Hi. Okay, I'll keep it brief. I'm Nefertiti Matos Olivares, and you can find me on Twitter at Nef Matt Oli, the first three letters of all those large names. So N-E-F-M-A-T-O-L-I. And the email is the same, nefmatoli at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, to talk about audio description or ask questions, what have you. Thank you so much. It's been a real privilege to be here. And you'll be back in a few weeks on Sunday edition. Thomas, 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 thank you so much for joining us today. You're up. So my, you can find my podcast, Read My Mind Radio, wherever you get podcasts. If you want to email me, the email is readmymindradio at gmail.com. Um, Read My Mind Radio is also on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at T.S. Reed on Twitter. Just always, Nefertiti, help me out with this. Always remember, the way to find me is to get the name right. It's spelled R to the E-I. E-I-D. E Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Read My Mind, like his last name. There it is. <laughs> All right, folks, this has been Sunday edition. Once again, I want to thank Cy Dotson so much for allowing us the opportunity to have access to this incredible work. I'll be back next Sunday with another exciting show. And folks, if you have questions, stick around. We're going off air. You've been listening to Sunday edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email celebration AC. That's the word celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you and let's brunch again next Sunday. 